Welcome to Here Come the Sequels, a full spoiler podcast where we take a look at popular film franchises one movie at a time. I'm Tyler. And I'm not opening the caviar. I'm I'm Alex. And I'm Britton. Hey guys, how do you know when a soprano is at your door? Because she can't find her key and she doesn't know when to come in. Isn't that good? (laughs) I got that from the uh, Linorama which is uh, when you put in the Pitch Perfect DVD, you're going to go to your bonus features okay. and go to the okay. Lino-Rama, and in about three <laughs> minutes or so into that, Anna Kendrick tells that joke. Hi, everybody. Uh, what movie are we talking about? <laughs> 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 yeah, you can see, oh gosh, it feels, we really feel like we're going to the, the regionals here right now, guys. We are not finals we, ready. We uh, are, in fact, talking about uh, High School Musical. Yes, we uh, are. So- Get oh, ready for that swing I'm, or whatever. I I arrived at the the wrong time. I'm I'm not supposed to be here. Good good, good night, everyone. <laughs> yes, fame. I'll come back Alex. later. To go back into the uh, into the time stream. <laughs> well, guys, we're all back together again. Tyler, <laughs> welcome is, back to the podcast. Is, yes, indeed, I am back. Glad to have you uh, returned to us to the <clears> fold from Mars. From Mars, yeah. How's Matt Damon? <laughs> dead oh no he's actually uh, it was very sad i guess movies are lying I was, to me I, I buried him uh with two hands um, well it would take a while otherwise just it, well uh, sure uh, sure one uh, hand would have been yes uh, uh no shovels on mars it's a weird it's a see rule. you started to do it with one hand and then with the other hand you were trying to take a selfie while you were burying that <laughs> and it just didn't work what's up guys i'm here with my boy dead matt damon <laughs> selfies while burying matt damon i love mindless self-indulgence now or I guess it'd be Fallout Boy. I don't know. <laughs> more more banned puns. Let's Insert just, just throw them all in. Topical there. joke about Logan Paul. Yeah, I or think someone is one of them. One of those dumb YouTubers. I don't know. Cal- Calvin Harris is he one? I don't know. He makes way more way more money than me. So uh, I mean, I, I don't, dumb, dumb might be strong. Has Taylor Swift done another embarrassing rap that I can make fun of? <laughs> Probably. Remember when she did that? Music? She also makes more money than you. Yeah. So I mean, remember when she made that music video with T Pain for the CMA Awards or whatever? No, I do because I watched it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, so uh, we've determined that Pitch Perfect may put us in the strangest opening podcast mood. I don't, we've got yeah, a, we've got a real wide. We uh, also we, we were catching up a while because we haven't all three been hanging out in a while, so we were catching up talking about a lot of exciting things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, the new Avatar Land at Disney World? Oh, yes. I'm so glad that I get to immerse myself in their rich, unique culture. Do you remember what the uh, the planet in uh, Avatar is called? It's called yeah. Pandora. Okay, okay. Just much sure. like the moon you go to in Borderlands. Um, as long as you're willing to admit that it's not actual cinema, it's like a theme park ride. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, li- literally speaking. Apparently, Topical. if you mention the movie to the people working, they're like, oh, you've seen our documentary. <laughs> That's nice. And I'm like, that's not how documentaries are made, for one thing. But well, okay. Sure. Because I'd be that fun, fun visitor. So what movie are we talking about today, guys? We started a new franchise. We've had a few yes, had a few wild promised. wild cards recently. We're doing we're doing something a little different, a little outside at least at least my wheelhouse. These next two uh, months, guys, I'm just gonna go ahead and warn you. They might get a little a little weird. We might we might go to some uh, places. Yes. <laughs> We're having fun. We're having fun here. That's all oh, we yeah. do. I'm like like Phantom of the Opera started us on a path that we cannot escape <laughs> it's from. It's very true. Honestly, <laughs> we, yep. It it went down a path that we can follow. 
<laughs> oh my god! This is the point of no return, quite mm-hmm. literally. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're starting the Pitch Perfect franchise, and yes. of course, that's that starts with with the first one Correct. called Pitch Perfect. <laughs> yeah, and then that Star Wars crap here. <laughs> we're starting at the beginning, we're ending at the end. Pitch Perfect. Dark oh my perfect. god! Now. Well, now I'm thinking like Pitch Perfect Episode Four, a new pitch. No, I will like, say I'm, I'm just imagining have, that a new tone. <laughs> a new tone. Oh, yeah. there we go. I okay, do yeah. have a pitch for Pitch Perfect Four, but I will save that until we into the Pitch Perfect Three episode. Sure. I've had it's this okay. pitch for I've a got while. My, it's okay. I've got my pitch for the Mighty Ducks Four. So okay. I mean, no, yeah, Pitch Perfect know, we'll Three. That's too. the third one, right? Yes, it is. <laughs> Appropriately so. Again, George Lucas ain't got his mitts on this one yet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the fourth movie is just Anna Kendrick with a hood going, Okay, I would watch that movie more than I watch the Taylor Swift T-Pain music video. <laughs> and that's a lot. That is, that is a lot. She would be a so, really cute Jawa. Just like a really so like, sardonic perfect. Jawa who just like doesn't want to like emotionally connect to you. So Pitch Perfect Correct. from 2012... Directed by Jason Moore. Mm-hmm. I have no idea who that is. Uh, he it has directed in... Sisters with Tina Fey, your favorite movie. Oh, how could I forget the classic known as Sisters? <laughs> this guy. Uh, it has an 80% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and an 83% audience score. So, solid scores all around. Yeah, that's appropriate. Uh, somebody do a best and worst thing, or I can go, I don't, I don't care. I can go. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> when this movie was announced when the trailer first dropped my friend Derek posted on Facebook and said someone has given Britain control of Hollywood I'm gonna need you to censor my last name Tyler uh, since I just said it on the podcast <laughs> it was important to the quote it was important to the you quote had, you had had the rhythm correctly so uh, this movie is not exactly what would have happened if I had control of Hollywood but it's not bad it's not too far um, so th- there's a lot of things that I really like about this movie and I have a couple of bests and worsts um, but uh, d- for the sake of brevity I'll just do one of each and I'm actually going to say my best thing about this movie. We're going to talk a lot about Anna Kendrick, so I'm going to I'm going to let someone else claim that one. Uh, I'm going to say my best thing about this movie is Anna Camp's character Aubrey. Um, I really love her character arc in this movie. Um, I, I haven't seen the third Pitch Perfect yet, but I will I will say that uh, this is the most real movie of the two that I, I have seen. And I, so you would say this is real cinema, and the other one that you saw is like a theme park ride. Man, that joke's <laughs> still still good. Got a lot of juice in that one. It's um, okay. I'll, I'll I'll run it into the ground, just like Martin Scorsese continuously talking about it, or or answering questions that people are asking. That's him. true. It's fine. He, he keeps talking about. He's it. not like whatever. yeah, but he's not like he's going on Twitter and just ranting. Much, like people are asking him, questions. but he is ranting a bit. Much it's much fun. much like us. Reviewing Phantom of the Opera, he has gone down a path that he cannot reverse. <laughs> yes, he has opened uh, Pandora's. That's box, true. If you will. Look, I'm a big Martin Scorsese fan, and now I, he's trapped in Avatar Land forever. I think, I think he's totally awesome. They kidnapped him. It's all fine uh, with me. He's he's stuck. If I have in, a problem uh, with Martin Scorsese, it's that the Irishman is going to be three and a half hours. He's long. stuck in a in a Navi's <laughs> body, um, and they won't let him out. I would love a Navi Martin Scorsese. I assume it would look like the fishy voice in Shark Tale. <laughs> this is. This is one of the few times where Britain's actually tried to have like a serious conversation, talk, like talk about his thoughts on Martin Scorsese, and Tyler's just going off the deep end. We have done a role reversal here, where, where I'm not doing the the crazy ranting. Tyler's um, Tyler's <clears throat> travels uh, afar have just like completely changed to his Mars. mindset. He's come to back Mars, to yeah. Mars, um, burying Matt Damon just. 
it changes. It, it took him. Now this makes me wonder. <laughs> Throw him for a loop. Is this the same Tyler that left? His hair's really slicked back. Mmm. Annihilation. Anybody? Spoilers. Um. Oh, it's such a good movie. Uh, but anyway, uh, talking of Aubrey and a camp's character, what I think one, one of the great things about this movie that I think ultimately works is that a lot of the sort of ancillary characters are just reduced to quirks, and I'm honestly fine with that. Mm-hmm. But I think that Anna Camp uh, has this great arc that is she, she's the head of the Bellas, and she mentions a lot that her father's a military man, and and she has carried on that she has that joke about my dad says. Uh, if at first you don't succeed, get the heck out of Kuwait. Mm-hmm. And, and that comes back a few times in the movie. And I liked that, that her, hers is an arc where she has to understand artistic compromise and to release, uh, to relinquish control, both in her own mind and her own worldview, but also in her uh, handling of this, this acapella group. And... She's so rigid. She's like, we're going to do the same routine that we've been doing for years because it works. And the, the routine is very pretty but bland. The choreography is very stiff. It's very rigid, and it's all about precision. And she has to learn to literally to loosen up. And I liked seeing a movie that wasn't like, you got to loosen up and have fun, but was like that art is not about rigidity and rules and consistent pinpoint accuracy. It's about opening yourself up to different kinds of structures. It's about flexibility. It's, it's not about do whatever. I mean, sometimes it is. But that it, it'll only be about flexibility. And that uh, the finale, which I, I really, really love, mm-hmm. um, she, like, literally lets her hair down and yeah. is dancing very freely in a way that didn't feel like a, like a, oh, yeah, girl, crazy party moment. It felt like she is relenting to art and to music and to friendship and to understanding, like, I can't, but when I can't control everything because it doesn't work, I stress myself out and I lose people, or or I or I not lose like I damage my friendships. Right, and that's such a mature storyline for a movie like this, and is and is something that you don't see a lot in movies. It's not to the point of like you know topsy turvy or something. The movies that are really about the creative process, but to have you know amidst all of these really like cartoonish jokes and and very silly all the silliness that. They still took the time for this character, who's not the lead, to say, "But who who is this person?" and and to follow this line of understanding artistic compromise and that you have to be flexible, and that likewise yeah. Anna Kendrick's character learns that you you can't do everything like you can't do everything on your own. Mm-hmm. I like that there are character arcs in this yeah. movie, and that and they are maybe a little sloppily done, but that they are reached. Uh, and and the, I just really, really, and I think Anna, Kendra, Anna Camp is also really good in this movie. Like it's a yes. great, great performance. The the two of them together, like the, like you mentioned, like their two arcs. The fact that their two arcs sort of combine into, I mean, it is literally like, yeah, it's all about compromise. Like, but yeah, they both have two very different philosophies, and they're very much like, this is how I want to do my thing. Yeah, and then they combine at like the kind of intersect at a point where they're both like, okay, we have to open up, and yeah. like we've gotten to this, and the, of course the movie highlights this with insanity, like right. Uh, uh, Aubrey throwing up everywhere, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, just like completely off the wall insanity, and so it's like very funny and silly. But it is like a, a very nice moment when they're finally like, okay, let's yeah. work together. What do we do? Let's figure this out. And I like that neither one of them is viewed as completely right. Yeah, because Anna Kendrick has her thing where she just starts singing. She just starts singing differently in mm-hmm. one of the mm-hmm. the competitions, which ends up helping them win. 
but also throws everybody off. And I like that the other Bellas are like, I mean, I wish you told us. Yeah. Like, we're not saying it was bad, just like, you need to communicate with us because this is about teamwork. And one of the beautiful things about this movie is it's so richly about the power of female friendship and also just about teamwork in general. But I like that Kendrick had to learn, I I do need other people and I do need to, to work with them and to connect with them. And Anna Camp learned, I don't control other people. I work with them. So they arrive at the same place right. from these very different angles, which I thought was just really well, really well done. Uh, my worst thing is, I, I, this is very minor. I don't like, uh, I don't like the vomit. It's gross. It grosses me out. <laughs> it just, that's... I, I was not expecting that in, in like a, a PG 13, <laughs> just kind of tween comedy. It's very graphic and not yes. like, not like, I, sexually I was, graphic, I was just... genuinely shocked by that. Like, <laughs> And like, and later when she does it, and it's just like on the floor, and like Libby May Brown or whatever is just uh, I, can't, I think that's the character's name, whatever. The woman, the Asian woman, she's like making vomit angels in it. Like that's so gross. Like that just like genuinely gross. I was like just fast forwarding through that part. Like yeah. that that was one of those scenes where like that happens. Everybody starts arguing and freaking out, and then Anna Kendrick walks in, and they have like the big dramatic moment. Uh huh. I needed somebody to undercut that with. With with a joke about there just being a ton of vomit on the floor. There are a few <laughs> moments. There's a this movie has a lot. This movie takes me uh, twice as long to watch because I keep rewinding it to see Anna Kendrick make faces. But there's always <laughs> people are always reacting because there's a lot of shots like of multiple characters in one, and she's like, oh, and Anna Camp was doing something there. So you'll right. see in the background characters like are kind of mopping the Asian woman off, like mopping her hair yeah. in the back, or like laying a thing down over a chair for her to sit on. Yeah. So there's little things in there, but it's not like an obvious yeah. like no one makes a call out joke. They, I mean, they do say they do at, when they're like, "Let's uh, let's get out of here." Yeah, yeah, the yeah. yeah scene, they do that they, at the very end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's uh, yeah, it's it's a lot for me. So yes, it, it was a lot. I, I had the same thought, especially like trying to eat. Oh, I'm sure. I was, like, I was yeah. kind of like, uh, oh yeah that 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 would be that would be a big error. I, I literally, I think I literally at the beginning knowing that because I I've seen this a few times and and knowing that was coming, I like. I had my, my Chipotle, and I sat it <laughs> oh, down, sure. and I just, like, waited <laughs> through the, through the you first, ha- like... You maintain, you maintain discipline. Yes, the first, like, five <laughs> or ten minutes of the movie, and then I was like, okay, we're good now. All right, yeah. Anna Kendrick's at college. I can eat safely. Yes. <laughs> so that's mine. Who wants to go next? Go for it. All right, I'll go. <laughs> um, my best thing is just going to be the humor. I found the movie hysterical, and... It's just strange given like how often I complain about humor in movies or how I feel it's forced or, you know, Mm -hmm. it comes comes out of nowhere. It probably shouldn't be in there. Take out a joke here. Take out a joke there. Pretty much every single joke in this movie worked for me. Um, I I thought Rebel Wilson was like the funniest character ever. And I I, it's one of those cases where I feel like I should I, I, I should have the mindset that. Oh, she's just obnoxious. She's just the worst. I don't want. To, I I just don't want to deal with her. I thought she was very very funny. <laughs> I think she's funny. There's a couple of because clearly she is a performer who probably gave them so many options for every right. line read. I think she improvised a lot of her lines. So you you probably had a lot of jokes to select. Right. I mean, like I mentioned, the lineorama. Like, is a lot. Most of that is her. Just different right. versions of, of scenes and like. So they don't all work for me, and sometimes I do feel like they run a little bit long. But overall, like she is very funny. I I was laughing hard at several points during the movie. Yeah, um, which I was not expecting. I was I was expecting like a pretty bland, straightforward kind of tween comedy that had you know some some interesting you know female performances and then like the songs. Yeah. Um. 
but it ended up being really hysterical. Like the bit where, where Adam Devine, they're driving by in the bus and he yeah. hurls the burrito at her and she's like, I've been shot. <laughs> and she falls over. That was great. Also, he throws a normal sized burrito, but she is coated <laughs> yes. in, in meat it's or whatever. It's an expanding burrito. It's a lot. Yes. I also <laughs> noticed while watching this movie, Adam Devine looks like Alex, but a douchebag. <laughs> <laughs> like if Alex got into the machine from the fly and a douchebag got on the other side and then Adam Devine would walk out. And I think Adam Devine is very funny. This is not an insult to anybody. Does he show up in, in the sequels? Oh, yeah. yeah. He's definitely yeah, in the second I one. Thought, that's one thing I thought was strange that he just leaves the third act of the movie. Sure. And like it was a funny moment. Like I get it. Yeah. But at the same time, I was that just seemed very strange. No, he, he and I, they work him back in. Have you seen all three of them, Tyler? Or just I've seen the first two. The first two. They work him back I've in. Seen, the, I've seen chunks of the second yeah. one. They work him back in a pretty nice way in the second one, I think. I also really like his. I like the uh, Fat Amy and Bumper mm-hmm. thing My, mm-hmm. because I think it's just, the, the two of them are very funny together. But I also like that the movie doesn't make a joke out of. Oh, he's into the fat chick. Yeah, like they just they're like no, they're attracted to each other, yeah. and he's attracted to her, and they don't. Yeah. that's not like a thing. She does a really good alternate take in the Lanorama where she goes, "Oh, I hear they call you bumper sticker because even up close you're not funny," <laughs> which is pretty good. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, he is he is, he is very funny in this. I'm sorry, go on, Alex. I. I... No, no, no. He's definitely funny. I, I, I interrupted you. I know. Oh my god. That's 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 probably the one element that kind of got under my skin a bit was just all the singing puns. All the aka. It's like get get that crap out argue, of here. I would argue not enough singing puns. Yeah. They're, they're, of course you would argue that. But they're almost all done with Anna Camp, who is so drenched in that world. It kind yes. of makes sense yeah. for her to yes. do it. No, no. It, it, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. I'm just saying I found it irritating. Sure. You didn't have a tone um, for it. I, I th- oh my god! I think it's because that's kind of more of the humor I was expecting from the movie. Mm. So when I was getting mostly like really sharp, witty banter from just all these different actresses, yeah, it, I was surprised. Um, and, and the chemistry between all, all, all the all the girls is is yes. really really good. I think, like they, yeah, I think they're. All I, I immediately buy this group as like, oh, they're a team. Yeah. yeah. Because I feel like a lot of movies, it's just kind of like they don't really cast for chemistry. They just uh-huh. kind of cast based on look or whatever. And, like, the chemistry of the team just does not come across. Suicide Squad. Yeah. Um, but something like this, it's like, no, no, no. This is like they form a bond. And, I, I like, I get it. Well, at the time, no one in that movie was really famous. I mean, yeah. Rebel Wilson and Anna Kendrick and Adam Devine were – Had all been in things. Yeah, like Kendrick <laughs> had her Oscar nomination. And they were all recognizable – but this is what made Anna Kendrick famous. This yeah. is like what put her on the map. And right. Rebel Wilson as well. And Adam Devine had workaholics and stuff. And I, I knew Anna Camp and Brittany Snow, and I recognized people. Um, but most of that ancillary group of girls, like the rest of the Bellas, are not famous. Which I like, because right. that means they can actually do the thing they do. Yeah. One of them, her name's Jessica. The actor's name is Kelly Jackal or Jackley. But she's actually an acapella champ. Like, she's huh. won the ICAA, internet, whatever yeah, they're yeah. trying to win. She's actually won that, like, twice. Yeah. And so when they got her, it's because like, she can actually do the thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Okay. But, yeah, like you said, they, they clearly tried to get a group of women who not only sound good together, but are also actually going to build a team. Right. Yeah. And that chemistry does come off. And, and, and the, the building of that chemistry is believable. Right. No, exactly. Um, 
like when when I'm looking at a movie like this that that's like so neatly in a specific genre, I'm always looking at like okay, what's the overall goal based on the genre that it's in? Mm-hmm. And it's a comedy, and I found it hysterical. So automatically, I like the movie yeah. based on that. And but um, it has a lot more to offer as well. I think yeah. as well. Like I mean, I cried at two points in this movie. Like every time I watch it. Oh, okay. Um, then you might not like my worst thing. <laughs> um, I thought the story was uh, the best way I would say it, it's competent. Sure. Um, but it's very, I, I would say, almost painfully by the numbers. It is. A, like I could, is a, a, I could have told a, you five minutes into this movie what the arc and what the story is. It's a story of service, or the events are there to service. Yes. I, I think it's enriched by performance and by yes. the nuances within that story. Like, like, like when I mentioned about N.A. Camp's arc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I, I feel like I, I didn't really have any surprises in terms of character turns or any... Like, it, it, for me, it was carried by the performances and the humor. Yeah. And, I don't know. I had, I had a hard time connecting with it emotionally, I guess. Mm-hmm. Aside from laughing. Right. Um, yeah. I, I, like, I, it's, it's a serviceable story. I just, I don't know. I feel like I've seen it before. So what you're telling us is, you laughed, but you did not cry. Oh. I mean, at, at some points I laughed... So much I thought okay. I was going to cry. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> and he kept so, going and not pounding on his roommate's door, going, "You gotta, you gotta hear this." <laughs> My roommate was watching this with me, and both of us were were laughing yeah. quite a bit. Wow. It's a funny movie. Um, but but particularly like Anna Kendrick's relationship with the guy. I don't even remember his name. Jesse Skyler Aston from Broadway Spring Awakening and the season three and maybe four of Halt and Catch Fire. Benji is from Dear Evan. He's yes, in Halt and Catch Fire. Mm-hmm. He's the like <sighs> he's the young gun coming after Lee Pace. Oh my. God, mm-hmm. I need to rewatch. And again, Broadway Spring. By the way, we called Mackenzie Davis being in a Terminator movie. We called That's this true. like two years ago. Sure did, love her. Um, I give Dark Fate a C minus. It's fine. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> um, I, I thought their relationship was kind of fun. Like mm-hmm. once again, a lot of witty banter between them. I like the setup and payoff with Breakfast Club yes. and uh, Don't You Forget About Me. Like I really like that and how that pays off at the end. I have notes. Go I, on. I, I, I will. All right. I, I will. I will amend my statements earlier. That was the one time where I felt something emotionally sure. where, where Anna Kendrick starts singing that. Yes. And I don't know how much of that is the, the setup and payoff and how much of that is I really love that song sure. and The Breakfast Club is a really good movie mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm I would argue it's a good taking that. advantage of the fact that it knows the audience loves that song and also a setup and payoff yeah maybe I, th- I think yeah. it's the both factors why not a little column A a little column <laughs> B yeah. um, but, but particularly like setting up kind of them splitting up sure. and all that sure, felt sure. a little too contrived and they they do a decent job kind of setting everything up, and I understand where the characters are coming from, so it's not like it completely comes out of nowhere. It just felt a little contrived. It felt like they could have done a little more legwork to help me connect. Yes, but at the same time, I liked that their split up did seem to come from... It was part of Anna Kendrick's character arc mm-hmm. about learning... That, that she was pushing him away and all the stuff about, you're not my boyfriend, I don't need your help. And he's like, I'm not... But I wasn't... Okay, I'm sorry. Like, I didn't. What do you? I'm sorry. I don't know what you right. want me to do, and all that kind of stuff. And it is nice that he doesn't immediately take her back when right. she comes back to him, mm-hmm. and she's yeah. like, "Actually, I I was just being silly, oh, you right. know, like, and you know, it's just and and, and I like Aubrey, and it was, and then he's like, "No, I like that's not what I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to deal with this." And I also like that the move that ultimately the relationship that matters in that movie that she, it, what matters most is that she gets the, her friendship with those girls mm-hmm. back. Like that's the right. real victory. Uh, yeah, she gets the guy at the end, and that's wonderful. But like, 
really it's about this team of women. And yeah, I, um, I, I, Anna Kendrick's arc about walling people off and needing to connect is something that they do a lot of movie shorthand, a lot of like, eh, you know what this is, so here's enough to keep, keep you going. That was kind of my problem. A lot of it felt like shorthand. Yeah. Like the, the opening scene where she's first moving into her room and her father just comes in yeah. and she just like immediately starts expositing her backstory and all of her motivations. Yeah, yeah. She's like, I'm going to go out to L.A. and I'm going to be like I'm going to get into to music and I'm going to be a DJ. And I'm like, oh, th- this doesn't feel natural at all. Yeah. Well, the, the dad <laughs> is completely a plot device. Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. There's no reason for him to be in the movie. But like, like this, the yeah. setup of like, oh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be the one that gives you money to move out to LA. I'll help you with that. Eh, I yeah, don't yeah. Know. but some of the, some of the plot elements, like they, they were serviceable. Yeah, and I think that again, like that story is helped by the fact that Anna Kendrick is such a good actor, and yeah. sells that arc very well. So even when the script is like, you know, we're, we're, we're guiding you along this in a very basic way, she's giving it actual depth and nuance because right. she's that good. Yeah, Tyler. Yeah, Akita. Oh my god! <laughs> Sorry, I just gotta process that for a second. Just, just every time Britain says a, a song pun, I'm just gonna go, "Oh my god!" And Probably then Tyler's gonna have to respond. <laughs> anyway, yeah. um, there's L's in there. Uh, the I could go two different directions with my best thing. Um, I was tempted to say, uh, "Is it John Michael Higgins?" Yes. Uh, him and Elizabeth Banks together God. are just hilarious. Yeah. And I sw- there's got to be some some ad libbing going on there. Like I, you know, you can you can tell that they're they're kind of like shot them all in one day. Really, the day of filming is all they're saying. That makes sense because it's, seriously, it's, yeah, it's very that's just amazing. Like, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> that's that's, that's that is genuinely impressive. Oh, I mean, and they both come from the school of improv and comedy mm-hmm. and like. You know. Remember when Elizabeth Banks was in the Spider-Man movies and they gave her nothing to do? I mean, John Michael Higgins comes from the Christopher Guest pool of, like, Best in Show and Waiting for Guffman and all this stuff. I mean, he is and Mighty Wind. He was on a, he was a hysterically funny character on Community for at least one episode. He Who is, is he on Community? He was the teacher that's all about Seize the Day in the first season. And at one, he goes to the cafeteria and he's like, I'll have, and he rips the menu, a birthday cake. And then one scene, he's like, no, Joel, you, or whatever, uh, Jeff, you got to seize the day. And the scene continues, and in the background, you see him climb up a tree. <laughs> now, John Michael Higgins is a, is a, a comedy um, gem. Yeah, and they, they are both... They're very funny. Just incredible. Well, I, I, we'll have to talk about some of their lines, because there were some of their lines that just had yeah. me just, like, lose my mind, just, like, in my alone in my apartment. Um, <clears throat> but I think my... And I don't really know exactly how to word this. My ultimate best thing is the utilization of music mm-hmm. as an emotional storytelling device i mean obviously we we just did fan of the opera and we talked about musicals a while back and like yeah. that is the point of a musical but this is using existing music and sort of the audience's knowledge of the music mm-hmm. to create a story that kind of uses it as a communication device yes it's it's very interesting and i know that like this is not the first time that like a musical has been put together based off of existing songs well it's not Um, a musical but right right but exactly that's that's sort of my point but those songs are carefully chosen there's a reason that they are singing those individual songs and it's not just necessarily those songs as they are but also 
just how the characters react while they're singing them and how the, it's it's used um the, the talking about obviously the uh don't you forget about me yeah that whole bit is wonderful and and when she's and i completely i haven't seen this in a while and so when i saw that and, and they hit that i was like oh my gosh that's perfect sure. um because obviously that set that up with her watching it while she's already kind of lost the guy yeah, yeah, yeah and like it's you know that that's that's all i think really well done um also the uh benji singing i've got the magic in me is delightful that's a very and the various levels of that where he's a yes. close-up magician yes. but also about like now everyone knows that i can sing and everyone knows yes. that i do have this ability yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um and even going to uh anna kendrick singing I, I don't know what the name of it is and when in uh on the uh, amazon uh subtitles the cup song yeah it it the parentheses said uh, singing folk song. <laughs> I'm like, well, I don't think that's... Uh, no, apparently this is a song from the 20s or 30s. Okay. Okay, so maybe it is actually... That like... people have... Like, someone on YouTube, like, learned that song. I did it with the Cups thing, and yeah. then Kendrick learned it. Yeah. So now the song is just... We just call it Cups. Right. But it is actually a song called When I'm Gone, written for... Okay, okay. That makes from sense. From the 20s and I was 30s, like, yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, the fact that she's singing a song that's completely different from everyone else... Yes. And doing kind of a weird, different thing. Uh-huh. Um, and then, again, her... Uh, I forget what the song is, but she's she's rapping in the uh, oh the, yeah the, the riff no, off. Di- no diggity yeah yes and and using that to kind of get the rest of the crew in there and getting some, uh-huh. them to do something different and like there's even a, sh- a great little shot of um in a camp in there yeah. where she's looking around like not really yes. sure how to fit into this mm-hmm. um the the this movie is very adept at like character editing of getting yes. these little flashes of what everybody's experiencing. Yes in these sequences mm-hmm. where like, I was like, you notice like, Oh, Stacy's reacting this way yep. or Cynthia Rose is reacting this way. But these little moments of like, okay, now I know where Anna camp is in the scene. So then later when she gets mad at Becca for it, there's a, yes. reason, there's a reason. For yes, that. exactly. And, and using that as a setup for, okay, they did something completely different. They also messed up and she didn't quite do it right. She didn't follow the rules yeah. necessarily in a way that allowed them to, yeah. you know, be successful. And then, she was like, oh, but that was awesome. And, and again, it's like, well, we lost. So, like, what does it yeah. matter? And it, th- that whole dynamic is a really a really interesting way to take that of, yes. like, a, a nuanced beginning to yeah. that conflict. Such that then um, when they do the finale, and that a lot of it is based around the song Price Tag mm-hmm. by Jesse J, which is about, we're not doing this for money. Yep. We just want to make the world dance, as yep. they say. Which is then realize, like, we're just here to have, we want to have fun. Mm-hmm. We want to just music. Art is not about winning. It's about making art. Yes. That puts all the other the past rules away like we're not going to worry about winning this we just want to do this thing mm-hmm. together mm-hmm. yes i completely agree yeah and so i i mean i think that yeah that entire the the way the music the movie specifically chooses yeah songs to and, and chooses how the people actually sing them to mm-hmm. pull into that uh it, it does a really good job of making that enhance the like the story elements you were saying that are kind of flat and, right you know just kind of there and it's something that I think uh, does not necessarily happen in the next... I, I don't think the sure. songs are as carefully curated in, sure. the, in the coming sure. films. Sure, But anyway. Um, That's a shame. From what I recall, I might, I might be completely wrong here. Right. But. So, your worst yeah. day. Uh, you know, it's hard to find one. Because this is a movie that I think very much excels at what it's trying to do. Yeah, I agree. So it's hard to be like, well, it did this thing badly. It's just like, 
Yeah, it, it, it's not a perfect movie, but not in a way that makes me annoyed. My my worst thing is that it wasn't Avengers Endgame the musical. That's <laughs> that's my like it, it's hard for me to yeah. to be upset about things that were not there as opposed to things that were there and were bad. I just want to make um, the world dust. I, I do think that get about the gauntlet. That was good. It's a good start. It was all right. Yeah. Good start. We'll, we'll we can get it. Jeremy Renner to sing it. Yeah. <laughs> or Robert Downey Jr. He sings. He has an album. Does he really? Mm-hmm. You can't understand. How many a of the single, Avengers? Can you cannot sing, understand man. a word he says. When did this come out? Oh, years ago. Oh. Was it pre-Iron Man? <laughs> to put it nicely, uh, yes. <laughs> that would make sense. Um, I think, kind of going off the uh, the vomit thing. Um, I do think <laughs> the movie is sometimes a little bit mean spirited. <laughs> uh, Two thousand four. It was called that, The Futurist. Genre? Jazz and folk. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. That that the future... I mean, The Futurist, and yeah. then he plays Iron Man. Right. Like, uh, and as I recall, a lot of the singing is like, I know the sound of the damn girl in my hair. I sing on the hair, whore. I sing on my No, not really. I remember he sang... Uh, he did a... He sang with Sting once, and I was like, I don't know what you're... <laughs> RDJ, I don't know what you're, which Sting isn't known for his diction, but still, you know what I mean. It was it's like every breath you take, RDJ's like, okay, I'm a prayer fool there. <laughs> I'm exaggerating. I'm sorry, RDJ. You're very talented. I apologize again to Kate Beckinsale. <laughs> <laughs> That's a callback. Yeah. So anyway, <laughs> but the vomit the, and the well, the whatever. the. And talking about, like, as much as I enjoy the announcers, obviously, like, they're super, like, mean and uh, misogynistic occasionally. On yes. And, and it's very funny, and, like, they, they do they use that well, and I think that one of the reasons they're one of my favorite parts of the movie is that they set the tone so well for yeah. that, to, to make it, like, this is all kind of mean, but at the same time, we're all kind of reveling in how, like, oddball everyone is. Right. Um, but I think there is, an, like, thinking about the... Uh, the four guys who are singing outside of the, <laughs> like the four yes. older guys who are singing in their quartet outside of the Yeah, uh, Turk from regionals. Scrubs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Jason Jones from The Daily Show, Joe Latrulio from Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and a fourth guy. <laughs> I will say that group comes back in the second one with a different, uh, more cameos. Uh-huh. It kind of broke my brain a little bit. Okay. We'll get there. All right. Uh, <laughs> um, but... I think that they're like the way they kind of portray them, and th- there's a few elements throughout the movie that I think are a little bit like okay, we've 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 kind of pushed this a little bit. It's a, it gets uh, a and, little too cartoony. And, yeah. and the uh, Rebel Wilson uh, saying like "slut" to the the girl as she's walking out. Yeah, after yeah. She gets kicked out for the thing for sleeping with a, yes. a treble maker. Yeah. Yes, and so it's kind of there's some stuff there that I'm like. Yeah, there, there, there's some of it's a bit, a bit much. I agree. Yeah, and some of the jokes. I thought it was all funny. It is funny. <laughs> Man, I think it is hilarious, dude. <laughs> I think it is funny, uh, but it it is a little bit like, oh, that was funny. Mm, I feel sure gross for laughing at that. No, particularly the announcers. There were several points where I was like, oh my god, yes. I, yes. I, I can't go believe that ended up in the final edit of the movie. Yes. Yeah. And can I go, help? Can I help? He's so <laughs> amazing. Like. If if we ever get to the point where we're not doing franchises, which is, is now, uh, if we ever get to the point where we're doing like filmmaker 
filmographies kind of yes. thing, I would highly recommend we do the Christopher Guest movies. They're not for everybody, but they just hit they hit me in such a sweet spot. And John Michael Higgins, who sings in at least one of them, hmm. uh, and quite well. He's just a, a, a wonder. But yeah, and, I, and the thing about women are just about as good at singing as they are at being doctors. <laughs> Like, it's just so over the top. Yeah. And, like, yeah. and they are, because they are so over the top, that makes the jokes not okay, but, like, it's okay because we're laughing at them. Yeah, it is, yeah. it is like, okay, we realize that it, it goes far. And it's not, like, a major complaint. I would no, say. no, no, no. It's, it's, but it is enough there that I was kind of like, I do also like that when the, the guy from one of the other ones, uh, the footnotes, is revealed to be a high schooler, they come to the house to house my. <laughs> so they're the announcers and also in charge of it? And also the acapella FBI? Yeah, so I guess they went. That, that we felt to, like oh. Scott Pilgrim, where Thomas Jane shows up. Oh, the vegan to, police? Uh, de veganize yes. uh, <laughs> uh, Brandon Ralph? Yeah. Oh, and then he and Clifton Collins Jr. have that great high five in the background as they leave. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah! Yeah, that's so good. That's a good movie. Speaking of Anna Kendrick. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, so, did you guys have a favorite musical number in this? As in... Probably the last one. Yeah, I was going to say, like... I, I feel like they yeah. pull out all the stops for that, which which is nice because I, I feel like in a movie like this, it would be very easy to kind of have the good stuff towards the beginning mm-hmm. or, or uh-huh. like, basically blowing your load too early. <laughs> um because a lot of films do that, whether it be you know horror movies sure. or, or yeah. action movies, they tend to do that, and then you get to the ending, and it doesn't feel like it feels a little lackluster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I and this one, it felt like okay, everything's coming together, and and like th- this is the show that they would put on once these characters have reached yeah, these yeah. points. What's and also it is thematically because that that number is so it's every song from not every song from the movie there's a lot of songs from the movie like they do party in the usa Mm -hmm. is in there Mm -hmm. uh they do the turn the beat around at one point is in there they might even do i saw the sign eternal flame i don't know but like there's a bunch of different different songs throughout that and i love the costume design for that number because they're all dressed like themselves but they all incorporate the band the bandana somewhere the scarf somewhere on them and like aubrey is still the most Mm -hmm. like her original uh uh, her original form, her her her, her <laughs> larval stage, uh, but I really loved um, how that is choreographed. Where they work in so many things throughout the movie. There's a part where Stacy Alexa Snap, who's like the sex character, she does like a little ballet kind of twirl, and that's from like a montage of them doing choreography way earlier in the movie, mm-hmm. where she does that, and they what? have like. They all do the hands-in choreography yes, at the, at the yes. very end. And, I mean, there's other stuff in there, too. But it touches on all of these different things throughout the movie. And that each character, there's a reason they're each doing those solos. That, like, the stuff about sexy or grab somebody sexy is Stacy. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, like, amazing. Yeah. And that's one of the parts where I tear up because... I didn't, like, full-body cry, but I tear up because music has yeah. that effect. And it's just, like the choral arrangements and just like the voices are hitting me so hard. But also it is this like the satisfaction of this, this arc of now these women have teamed up. Now they're all listening to each other and this is what it sounds like. And then when Anna Kendrick starts doing the, don't you forget about me? It's like just, and the way it's shot is so well done. Mm -hmm. I think the riff off might be the best film sequence in the, in the movie, which I'll get to, 
but I really love the way that is shot because, hey, guess what? You can see what the choreography is. You can track the choreography yeah. and understand yeah. it. It's amazing. But um, and Maybe like the people that made this should have made the Phantom of the Opera. Well, that's well, that doesn't have a lot of choreography in it though. So that doesn't you can you you can you can do something with it. I well, I'm talking about the way they film the staging, not the way they actually do the stage, not the way not the how they you, choreograph, you can, how they film the choreography. You you can, you can do something. With well, it. I, I would levy that complaint at the Greatest Showman, which I think filmed its choreography very poorly. Um, but this, I think, they filmed very not expertly. That was Alex's least favorite movie of whenever that came out. Greatest Showman. Yes, it's one of my least favorite uh, movies. He's, he's not seen it. Uh, maybe ever. <laughs> I assume. And it's still my least favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but uh, yeah, it's that, the worst movie I've never seen. No. Take that, The Phantom, with Billy Zane. Um, oh yeah, or Troll Billy Two. Billy Zane did a superhero movie. Yeah, or That's Troll Two weird. or whatever. But no, uh, but I, I think that finale is so expertly handled, mm-hmm. thematically speaking and emotionally speaking. I, I mentioned the Bumblebee podcast. The Bumblebee podcast. I am tired of the Breakfast Club being referenced in contemporary movies because Which it's all funny because Haley Steinfeld's in the yes. next one, right? Yes. <laughs> because I think it's always done with a sense of like, guys, right? The breakfast club, right? And I'm like, I, it's a fine movie. I'm, I don't, I'm not a John Hughes person. I think breakfast club is fine. I like the song. Ooh, your name's Britain. I know, right? You'd think, um, <laughs> What? <laughs> I don't really get that. I'm not but. connecting the dots, but it was funny anyway. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really, a, I'm not really a fan of Kurosawa, which I okay, that's a, I really am a fan. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Kurosawa. Oh, that makes sense. You're wearing a shirt. <laughs> um, and I've heard you, you said Kurosawa. There's this great joke in the theater where they, the characters in the movie are like, they say things and they go, "Wait, there's two separate ideas." And so then the guys riffing it keep going. Um, I'm really scared. Look at that man. Here is a tree. <laughs> uh, but yes, I, I, I think that finale is very well done. Um, but I think that the thing about Don't You Forget About Me, it works in this movie because they lean more on the song. Mm-hmm. And also they very much highlight the movie. Like specifically he's showing her the ending of the movie. Right. And then that's an emotional moment later where it's like, oh, yes. she actually watches the whole movie and gets yeah. it at the end. It's, it's, hand- like- it's handled better, but it's still saying I'm just like, I get it, movies. Sure. I get it. It's very influential, and I don't get to tell people what they're in- influenced mm-hmm. by, but I'm a little tired of it. Um, Unless it's drugs. Then that's well, that's thing. true. You know, hey, guys. Wanna, yeah. You know. Come on. Dare. Um, but I, I <laughs> dare you to do. <laughs> I'm sure that joke has been made a billion times before, but I couldn't resist. I don't really love when Skylar Aston does the slow fist in the air. I love when Anna Kendrick does the happy fist right. in the air, right. which is yeah. literally the next shot. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also a quick note on Jesse. So when I first saw this movie, I thought, man, Skylar Aston, he's so great in this, and he is. Watching the movie this time, this is the third time I've watched it, the full th- full through. I went, Jesse, he is not a bad. He's a good guy, and I like him. He is such a movie bro in this. Yeah. He's yeah. like the five best scored movies. Jaws, uh, uh, E.T., Rocky, Star Wars, <laughs> and Breakfast Club. And I was like, oh, man, that's so amazing. Do you want to talk about Fight Club now, dude? Yeah, my favorite filmographer is oh this uh, guy named Christopher Nolan. Yeah, for, honestly, though, <laughs> I love David Fincher, and I love... Uh, you know what? And honestly, I'll get a little indie sometimes and watch, like, Dazed and Confused. Like... <laughs> And look, this is not against any of those movies, but it's just the most rote, obvious thing. Pulp Fiction's, like, so amazing. Oh, God, get out of here. But, like, 
And then he shows her the movie, and then he talks over the whole thing. Just mansplaining the entire finale to her. Oh, okay. And I was All right, like, we're, we're going there. And I was All like, right. Jesse. And I don't think he knows he's doing it, which frankly is very true to life. <laughs> That's very much what, like, fans of anything, particularly there's something that guys do. We just get very excited and we want to teach people about things. Um, I will go ahead and admit my own culpability. I did once explain to a woman how to watch a subtitled movie. Not like I, I was like, okay, so it's subtitled, so you have to watch and read it. And she went, no, I know. I've seen subtitles. And I went, of course you have. I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. So, like, clearly, and I, like, I cringe thinking about that. But I was watching that scene today, like, oh, my God, he's such a movie bro. Like, I never I really, realized I that. really wish there had been, like, a really obscure movie in the middle. Like, he's like, yeah. Jaws, E.T., and yeah. Bullhorn Drive. Rafifi, you know, just like. I will say, I... I did find it amusing how they pointed out the sheer absurdity that we're having all these college stereotypes. Sure. But it's a bunch of acapella groups. Uh-huh. I like how they, yeah. they kind of lampshade that early on. of just like, no, these are all the losers yeah, that just like, happen to have this one guys, talent. Except for all the other cool guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Here's the frat, here's the Rorty, here's the stoners, here's the Madonna, <laughs> Madonna group. I kind of wish they had more humor like that sprinkled throughout. Like because a after girls. that point... We kind of yeah. just drop into acapella world, yeah, and then like we we never really go back <laughs> to to the real world, as it were. Yeah, I mean, God, who would want to? Nah, that, In a way. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, but I, I found that very funny. That and, and I like, I like ET and I like Star Wars and I like Jaws a lot. And I don't remember Rocky very well, but I think I remember liking it. But I just felt like I, I Tyler and I gave it a pluses. I couldn't tell if this movie was like satirizing that kind of person sure. or if they were. Like, inadvertently just doing that. It did, however, I mentioned on uh, the last episode that Alex and I did, my favorite Anna Kendrick line delivery of ever, of all time, from Paranorman. This has another one where he's like, where Jesse says, oh, I don't have a girlfriend. And Anna Kendrick goes, you have juice boxes and Rocky. And I love (laughs) the way she says that. It's so good. There are so many points in this movie I had to rewind to just listen to her deliver a line over and over and over again because she's so funny. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm totally fine. I'm I'm great because I always watch Anna Kendrick. Look in the in the words of American pop singer Caroline Polachek, she's so hot it hurt my feelings. <laughs> I'll just go ahead and say it. I think that's right, the enough. title of your uh, biography. So uh, Anna Kendrick is so hot it hurt my feelings. Well, just and, okay. and, no, so there's not even a picture. Feelings, there's not a picture of Britain. There's not just like a generic <laughs> image of like a background or whatever. It's Anna Kendrick's face. Yeah, like, like yeah, just, just like shrugging. Like I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> and then on the back cover, it's me just crying. <laughs> because I did like the element of her trying to get her music onto the radio mm-hmm. station. Yeah. The yeah, college yeah. radio station, particularly the moment when when she gives the guy like, "Oh, I made this new mixtape. Mm-hmm. Can, can you listen to it at some point?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely put it in the queue." And then he throws it next to all the other yeah. flash drives. Yeah. She, they're literally all ones that she has given him, and he's just like mm-hmm. completely ignoring them. What, what did you um, think about the scene where he lifted up his shirt and we got to see us killer abs? I thought that was funny. Going back to my... It was so my funny, right? Like, what if we did that, huh? Man, what <laughs> oh if I just like, got to play xylophone on those things? But once again, pointing out the absurdity of, like, no, we're really not that cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But also, like... I, I kind of like that. They also really do that dialogue really well because it's, like... Uh, what's it? Jesse? Jesse. Yes, Jesse he, is Skylar Aston. He's, yeah. he's making fun of 
he's like, oh, you know, you, you want another burger? You're not going to be 22 forever or whatever. And, and that's why he's like, oh, no, I think I'm good. And then Anna Kendrick's like, no, he's good. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, dude is shredded like a Ninja Turtle. He, uh... <laughs> He's he's on the <laughs> he's on the Lifetime original series Unreal, which I watched. Yeah, I watched the first season of it, and it's very good, and it made me very mad at people. Hmm. Which was its goal, I believe. There are a lot of things I wouldn't have thought about a Lifetime original series. I know. I wouldn't think that it would be good. But I wouldn't think that it would be good, or that it would make you that mad. No, but it's the first season is. I mean, quite I can impressive. see it making you that mad. It, it's quite impressive. Uh, Sherry Appleby is really good. Yeah, um, I've been monologuing before I talk about another monologue. Somebody else talk. I, I had a, a thing I was going to say, and I think I've I've already lost it. What yeah. were we talking about? Um, the radio station and the guy and Jesse and music. I think it was and before that. The songs and the Jesse showing her movies. Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect. Pitch perfect. Uh, All right, let me look through my notes that I've been writing down as we've been talking. I'm guessing there's like an uh, F oh, wait, sharp there's nothing. and a G. <laughs> um. Oh, I was going to say, there is an interesting bit talking about them making fun of, like, them being the losers of the the, the place and everything. Who is the guy from, uh, uh, I think he's in Superbad? Oh, Christopher Mintz-Plass. Yes. Yes. Uh, where he's, like, which he is... He came out of nowhere. Yeah. And I appreciated that, that it wasn't one of those situations where they got Christopher Mintz-Plass and they just kind of, they made... It's one of those things where where I, I feel like they cast like a big actor or at least big at the time right. like him, and then they kind of just slowly s- refocus the movie to be about somebody like him. Sure, right. I'm glad. I'm glad he's in two scenes and that's it. Yes. Like it's a fun yes. cameo. It's just a funny like. Oh, he's there. Um, Which he, he seems very willing to do. He, like he does. Yeah, he yeah, does that. Yeah. He has an excellent cameo in uh, This Is the End. Mm-hmm. Sure. I mean, his paycheck, day's work. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. gets to be a funny he's, dude. He's also in Kick-Ass and Tyler's favorite movie of all time, Kick-Ass 2. That's inaccurate. <laughs> I have to say. Yeah. I'm glad there are not three of those. Yeah, me too. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. But he has the line where he's, he's talking about, like, when, he, when he's, he's, like, introducing the auditions, he's, he's making fun of, basically, High School Musical and Glee. Right. Um, where he's making fun of, like, this is not high school, and this is not, like, a place where you come to find out about your sexuality. Sure, sure, sure. And I, I, that is something that I had not thought about, is the fact that this was coming out sort of... Because High School Musical 3 was probably, like, three, four years before? I, something like that. Glee premiered three years before this one. Right, yeah. right. So, so they already tanked. These were both things that were, like, in the public consciousness yeah. and probably both... Pretty universally hated in the public consciousness. And was probably a lot of that demographic was coming to see this movie. Exactly. Um, And that's a really interesting concept to me. I don't know. It reminds me... I mean, because when did the first Twilight come out? Uh, 2008. So, again, this is like... All of this, I I feel like... Because we had talked about in Twilight a lot about the fact that... Like... The Twilight movies... uh, Some of them are... They get quite bad, but uh, there is they get quite bad. But there is a huge element of those that is like this is a thing that is made for preteen girls, yeah. and therefore we hate it. Like right. that's that's how, that's what the public reaction was. Yes. Whereas like dumb misogynistic action movies get made all the time. That yes. just like oh that's fine. It's right. just blockbusters, or whatever. And, and there's a lot. This is hate. the norm. And there's a prob- There are problems in Twilight that we should be 
uh, uh, condemning, but we were we weren't. We were just making fun of it because teen girls. Liked yes, it. exactly. When we should have um, been criticizing the toxic toxic relationship yes. and whatnot. Yes. yes, and this this all. I mean, even though there's not really unless I'm missing anything, there's not really anything relating to Twilight necessarily in this. I think that you've got between Twilight and High School Musical and Glee and like you've got that subset of things that is happening mm-hmm. around this time. And this yeah. movie is such an interesting reaction to that that sort of does not shy away from like reinforcing like no it's 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 fun like this is a these are about these girls trying to like yeah work this out and like like mm-hmm. you know they can be girly and like you yeah. know it's we're not trying to like put any of that down like yeah. even though we're celebrating it even though they, they make jokes about it like it is actually it, it feels like a reaction and a transformation of that into something that is more like able to sort of fly under the public radar sure. of like oh we all hate this because it's sort of subversive yeah. but it's actual themes are not no you know kind of yeah that different because the themes are about again artistic compromise and letting people in and community and yep. working yep. together and you know I, 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 I definitely agree and that I hadn't thought about that much but that apparently in the riff off uh, they only do two different categories songs about sex and ladies of the 80s one of the other categories was songs glee ruined <laughs> <laughs> Which is quite funny. Um, what did you guys think of the riff off? That was fun. I love it. They, yep. there. I know there is one in Pitch Perfect two that the, has maybe the greatest thing. Yeah, I know what you're ever. talking about. I know what you're talking about. In just the the riff off in Pitch Perfect two is basically a fever dream. Yes. And it's not, Ooh, I'm excited. It's you've not, see, I'm pretty sure you've seen this. I don't know if you remember the specific element yeah. that I am talking no. about. I won't, I won't tell you I, so that you okay, can I, I, I The only thing I remember about the second one is that Haley Steinfeld's in it. Okay. Like, that is, okay. that's it. Oh, she's great. I remember you seeing it and enjoying it, and that thus the seeds of us well, actually that's, doing That's one of the weird things, because uh, this this was when we were we were roommates, and, and he just kind of walked in, and <laughs> this was while we were um, at college, and we... Our, our college gave us like free movie channels right. while we were living there, um, while we were living in the dorms. And in Alaska, I was just, there was just one day I, I, I'd gotten back from class. I was just kind of flipping through channels, trying to burn a couple hours, just relaxing. And Pitch Perfect Two was on on, on one like the HBO channels or something. And I'm just like casually watching it. It's probably like half an hour, forty five minutes in. <laughs> and then Tyler walks in. He's like, "Are you watching Pitch Perfect 2? I'm like, "Yeah. You know what? It's not bad." <laughs> Yeah, I um, well, I'll save all that. For of course, that. of course. Now we'll watch it again, and then Britain's gonna be like, "Here are all the reasons why Pitch Perfect Two is is a dumpster fire." No, because I wouldn't use an absolutist word, but I would point out what I don't like about it, um, <laughs> which is everything, which is a lot of stuff. But but I also I might feel differently when I watch it next. Sure. I mean, you never know. I like Pitch Perfect One a lot more the second time I watched it earlier this year. You're, you're going to watch Pitch Perfect 2, and, and you're going to say, oh, they needed to make this movie. This is the natural <laughs> next step. This story needed to be told. I, I think that the riff-off is a theme of diminishing returns in the trilogy. Because I, have, okay. I haven't watched Pitch Perfect 3, but I've watched the riff-off. Mm-hmm. And I think each one is less that good than the previous one. But see, but the second one is so, is such a fever dream yes. that it's like you almost gauge it by a completely different yes. thing. It's yes. just so bizarre. Yes. Well, so is it one of those cases where oh, it's a very popular scene from the first one that a lot of people gravitated to? Yeah, We've I mean, got it's, to repeat. Yeah. It has to be in the sequels. Kind of. I mean, one also, yes, but in a way, like I, I'm thinking, the proxy very... to this would be Quicksilver in the X Men movies. Yeah, like, we honestly, have to yeah. repeat that. We have to up our game with this particular thing. Yes, but in a way, in a way that is self aware. I would argue. Right. Okay. I agree. It's more yeah. self aware. 
And it's also, like, it's a genuinely fun thing, and people like mashups, people like medleys, you know, yeah. go for it. So the riff-off, I, I think, is beautifully filmed, um, because I think that it does such a good job of splitting our focus between the performance and the reactions, which is something you see a lot in, in non-musicals movies that have musical performances, like Glee and everything, where you would you have to depict the action and depict the performance, but then also you see people watching it. But because this is, uh, for audiences that don't haven't seen Pitch Perfect, this is essentially their version of like a rumble. Yeah. They're all in this like uh, emptied out pool, mm-hmm. and it's at night, and they're all like, uh, you basically have to perform songs by a category and have to match the last word and note of a song to flow into the next one and everything. It's like a rap battle rumble kind of situation. And what this movie does so well is it shows us the people doing the songs. And the songs are well chosen and it's funny and everything. But you also see, like I mentioned, you see Anna Camp reacting when uh, Anna Kendrick kind of takes over and does it, this weird thing. Anna Kendrick does do a full rap in the movie and it's delightful and awkward and mm-hmm. weird. On the soundtrack of the film, she does it for real. And they actually try to produce like an actual rap of her doing it for real. Oh my. And there's a very funny interview from the time when she was promoting the movie on Conan O'Brien talking about the journey of making that and the producers telling her like, get mad, get angry, like rap. And she goes, <laughs> yeah, and I was like, okay. And then <laughs> it's a very funny uh, scene because Anna Kendrick, for anyone who doesn't know, is about four feet tall. <laughs> She's a tiny woman. But but that whole bit is is delightful, and I and, and <clears throat> I really love. They do the, the category is latest from the eighties, and so the troublemakers do Mickey by Tony Basil, and then uh, the Bellas do Hit Me with Your Best Shot, and they do this great thing where uh, Anna Camp starts singing, and the rest of the Bellas kind of go, "Oh, okay, I know what we're doing," and they start it, and the camera's kind of pulling away from camp and it's tilted just slightly down and and backing away from her and she's standing in this kind of like you know I'm in a box like we're gonna fight each other pose but it's done almost not not overly so but this like intimidation uh-huh. style where the camera's like whoa backing up and, and shrinking away from her just I mean ever so slightly yeah. but enough to give you that idea of like they're intimidating their their uh, uh, opponent and then you've got, like, you have all these great, uh, when Anna Kendrick's rapping, and that's when everyone starts, like, the whole crowd, not just the Bellas, but everybody in the, 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 the spot yeah. sings a singing background and everything. And the, the camera's kind of turning and watching everybody. And again, it's shot from under Anna Kendrick. And so she, so you're getting her looking up like, oh, my gosh, like, this, this is what this can feel like. And maybe I really do want to do this. But you're also getting a sense of scale of what everyone, of how everyone is reacting to it. And I mean, and this isn't like watching Kurosawa set up a scene or something, but it still is. It's very, better. It's better. <laughs> Kurosawa should have done a musical. Oh, he should have done a musical for real, though. Um, he made a movie that's just based on dreams he had. I don't see why he didn't do a musical. And that movie's really good. But uh, but I, I really loved the the way they filmed that that scene. And I think it's a really fun scene. And I like getting all the different women. They all get to come in and sing a little bit. Like Stacy gets to do a bit, and Cynthia gets to do a little bit. I, I just think that's a really fun a fun number. It is. It really is. It, it, yeah, it's uh, surprisingly creatively yeah. shot in a, in a way that feels. I don't know. Yeah, it's it it really flows and it really mm-hmm. draws you in. 
I think is the best way I can put it. Like it's, I, I almost want to say, say epic, which is I, I not th- for a movie like quite, this. Yes, yes, I think so. But like it, it, it's not like what you would think. You want to call it like, oh, it's it's how you would shoot an action scene no, 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 for no. a musical, because that's not really what it is. It's it's more thoughtful than that. Yeah, and I like it a lot. I, I agree. It's, yeah. it's very interesting. It's it's just done very well, and I and I. The finale is more emotionally powerful. Although, actually, for me, the, the other bit that makes me cry is when they do the Just the Way You Are mashup. Uh, just the Bellas, when they all, like, after after they make peace, they're like, okay, so what do mm-hmm. we do? And they go to the pool, and Kendrick guides them in the... I can't remember what the, I think it's called Just a Dream, but it's Just the Way You Are and Just a Dream, the little mm-hmm. mashup they do. That, to me, is just very beautiful yes. and sweet. And I watched this movie, like, early, earlier this summer. at the be- Well, at the beginning of summer. And I will talk more about... In Pitch Perfect Two, because Pitch Perfect Two ended up being becoming a seminal movie in my life for a reason I will detail in the second in the second episode. Right. And I watched both these movies that that weekend, and I think just because of the the reasons that I was feeling the way I was feeling that weekend, that particular song just like really affected me. And because I, I did like full body cry when I when I got mm-hmm. to that scene, but it's also this time when I watched it, I teared up because it's just a sweet like they're yes. listening to each other and they sound beautiful, and I like all there is dawning on all of their faces that like. Oh, this is how we listen to each other, and this is what this can be. Yeah, which is what I think is is so successful about this movie is watching these people understand like, oh, this is what connection is, and this is what music is, and this is like, that's a very moving thing that they don't hit you over the head with. They just do it, and they do it nicely. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't I set agree. a time for this beforehand. No, we're doing, honest, right, but, uh, we're doing all right though. Alex, you uh, you checking Twitter over there? What you got, bud? Um, Look at your memes. Finding some rare Pepe's. What you got? <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. That's that's exactly I think what that's I've been racist doing. Now. This whole time. Is it? No, called beans. <laughs> this whole time, that's exactly we're, what I was. We're doing. all in this. I, I feel like we we hit a, a sweet spot that I hope I hope appeals to our viewers uh, <laughs> because uh, we're all in this very interesting uh, sort of uh, area of of social media where we're. We're, we know just enough yeah. to like have some awareness of what was popular like maybe like a month ago. Yeah, and we just kind of. I rolling. don't. I I don't know. I don't know memes. I'm 31. I'm on, I'm on Twitter and I largely follow like college football writers <laughs> and sure maybe some people from like Polygon. <laughs> Anybody remember Harambe? Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the third time I teared up today. Uh, Coney 2012, anyone? Okay, that was my favorite hashtag, make him famous. Like, what are you, what? <laughs> um, yeah, oh, goodness gracious. <sighs> I did see a good thing from Reddit the other day that someone showed me. It was from the Old People Facebook, which I love. Is this old oh, you mean just writing? Facebook? There's this old people writing on Facebook, but it's, that was good. But the thing was, somebody had written to Cracker Barrel, and they said, Hey, Cracker Bargle, it's my birthday. Can't wait to come and get some good beans. <laughs> now the question is... What are the good beans? I know. Let's think. Lima. Pinto. Pinto. I, no, I, I was thinking like the motivation behind it. If it was just like, oh, I, I, I just feel the need to post something. That way my friends know I'm going to Cracker Barrel. Or is it like, oh, I a Cracker Barrel, like they read all their the, the, the messages they get, right? They'll respond to me. They want to hear about my bean ambitions. He, he was hoping to visit 
to, to get a visit from the Cracker Barrel. <laughs> Alex, at first I was like, why are you breaking this down? And then I went, this is so good that you're breaking this down. Why did this old person go, you know what? Cracker Barrel needs to understand. My favorite is someone wrote on like a Logan's Roadhouse and they just put my son. <laughs> Which I think is just beautiful. Yeah, Logan's father wrote that message. Yes. Yes. <laughs> my my terrible millennial son is ruining my roadhouse. Alex, talk about the Pitch Perfect movie that we watched for our big podcast. Um, That's the first honest, one, not the I, second one. Yeah. One, one. To be honest, I, I don't really have a whole lot to say about but it. But how much do you have to sing about it? Oh my god, no. Yeah, I, no I'll help you out. I'll I was I was trying to think of like what's the most awkward song that I could just like Look literally down. sing the, the lyrics to. How did you guys like the audition sequence? I thought it was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Yeah, I yeah. Li- I liked that it was they did a nice blend of good singers and bad singers. Yes, because like and, and, and has it's, a, it's, a, it's a range. It's not yeah, just like every yeah. single person is supposed to be like, oh, this person's terrible or this person and like some a lot of them okay. A lot of them, them end up being on the teams even if they weren't like. Yeah, you end up singing in the background. I like yeah. that. There, and we also we also have a good setup early on because we know kind of what the bells are looking for mm-hmm. and the type that they're looking for. Yeah. So when we have like pretty girl walking on stage and she kind of fits their look and then she can't sing, yeah, like that's uh, yeah, yeah. Stacy because when Stacy walks out and you see Anna uh, Anna, Kemp, Anna Camp and Chloe like oh okay sure and she's like yeah. you hear me say yeah <laughs> it's yeah. like I, I on the on the soundtrack uh, that the audition is just it's essentially just an acapella version of that song. Mm-hmm. As a duet between Skylar Aston and Esther Dean, who plays Cynthia Rose, hmm. um, and it sounds great. It's not funny, but it's just because right. they're great singers. She, by the way, is an incredibly accomplished songwriter. Hmm. She wrote S and M for Rihanna, which she sings in the riff off. She wrote, I think she wrote Super Bass for Nicki Minaj and like um, Firework oh. for Katy, or like co-wrote with like yeah. Katy Perry for Firework, like. I mean, I was looking at her, 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 her Wikipedia article today of her list of songs. I mean, it is massive. And it's all like pop and R&B and stuff. But I mean, there are a lot of huge hits on that. And so you find out she's written all these big songs. And you hear she has a great voice. Yeah. And she's really good in the movie. Like, she's really funny. I have a, I have a gambling addiction, you know. <laughs> um, I just, yeah, I, I thought that was just crazy. Uh, and, and it also reminded me in the film Diary of a Wimpy Kid, of, of which there are three. There's, Were they all theatrical? theatrical uh, I believe so. I don't know, Alex. I don't care. Wow! Someone doesn't like his autobiography. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> my god! But I, I, I saw the first one. And there's an there's a scene where they're doing the, an audition for the School Musical. I have actually seen. It's a really funny scene because it's all kids that can't sing, and they're singing Total Clips of the Heart. But it's like they legitimately can't sing, and so it's like they're all dressed. As, they're auditioning for Wizard of Oz, yeah. in like piecemeal costumes. Like every now and then, I get a little bit tears, yeah. and it's it's a very very funny sequence. And that was the only part of the movie I remember, <laughs> but I've watched it multiple. It's so funny. The entire movie. That scene, Alex. What did you <laughs> sing when you auditioned for your acapella group? See, this is the problem. You put me on the spot to set me up for these jokes, and I'm not. I'm not ready for them. <laughs> well, yeah, it sounds like you weren't ready for the audition either. 
I, oh my god! <laughs> I, I I sang Rocket Man, but like when I sing, I can only sing in the William Shatner voice. Say. So it was just it was just a horrible failure. Rocket Man, or may, or maybe it was super successful, depending on your point of view. Sure. sure. Um, I I really liked it. The trouble man. <laughs> I like the troublemakers are genuinely really good because it, it, it raises the stakes. You're like, yeah. oh, these guys are actually, like, really good. Like, all of their numbers are really well done. Like, Adam Devine's a good singer. Obviously, Skylar Aston's great. And they're great dancers. Like, Udkash, Udkarsh Ambudkar, I believe is his name, as Donald, is really good. Like, mm-hmm. oh, these guys are, like, legitimate. <laughs> the, the, right. the stuff they're doing where they've got, like, the choreography of, like, some of them are playing the drums. And, like, and they, they, they are set the up, bass like, and drums. Up. Yeah, yeah, like, that's yeah. really good. Yeah. Like, I, I, I enjoyed them, but I also thought, this is, I, I like that I am intimidated. Like, oh, the Bellas have someone to beat. Yep. Everyone else in the movie is kind of a joke. Like, the sock, the sockapella is. <laughs> that was amazing. <laughs> the, the, the joke they have where they're like, and they're, it just goes to show you, not everyone gets uh, has a better life after <laughs> high school, school or whatever it is. Yes, yes. Oh, uh, uh, what would you guys name your our, our, our three acapella group? Trio. Yeah, I guess that would be. Yeah, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I think Tyler. Yeah, he got it. You know, we just get out there and do like a theme from like Arrival or something. Whoa, <laughs> we're just making <laughs> Gregorian chants. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it would. I would, and I could. We have Bo- both of you. Both of you are doing like the, these Gregorian chants, and you're trying to sound like super. Super thoughtful and, and, and vaguely pretentious. Meanwhile, I'm doing, like, walk this way. <laughs> did you say rock this way? I believe he did say what? walk this okay, way. Okay, walk this way. Gotcha. Yeah, but, sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that would be amazing. It'd have me crying. Also Aerosmith songs. Correct. Yep. Uh, anything else big we want to... I mean, honestly, is there anything else we really need to nail down about I'm, this I'm movie? very... Like, I think um, we will definitely have more to say about the second one. I think this so. one, I think, is is just a well-executed yeah. version of what it wants to do. Yeah. And so it's kind of just like, all right. It's a rare movie that, like, became a hit, was not anticipated to be a hit, and that's why we have sequels. And, um, and I don't... I don't think this movie needs a sequel. Side yeah. unseen, even without having, regardless of my feelings about the second one, I don't However, think this movie needs a sequel. Um, I think the story is complete and we're, we're good. Uh, I don't hate the second one. I really mm-hmm. don't. But I think this is like a full movie. I think we're good. Uh, I mean, to be fair, this is kind of, I, I, I appreciate this type of franchise having not fully seen the second one, definitely haven't seen the third one. I like how they just make a movie and if it does well and people respond to it, then they make sequels. See that's a, as opposed to mm, oh we have we've got three movies planned and yes. it's based on some book or because, maybe because, a vague outline and, as, and we, we've got we got a whole franchise planned for this thing. This is just like no we got a we got a movie. The problem with that though is that you get a Pirates of the Caribbean sure. or a Pitch Perfect where suddenly you end up losing what made that first movie so special well, because it depends on how you do it obviously, but right. I think that you lose. But the, the pro- when when you plan out your franchise, you have an idea of where to go. So there's the hope, at least, of consistency. And I don't I don't know that I don't feel like Pitch Perfect Two is a apt follow up to this movie from what I remember of it. I, I just I just don't like the constant sequel baiting and and just yes. like 
when, the hubris yeah. the hubris on a part on the part of a lot of people making these franchises going oh we're definitely getting more exactly. sure and that, that is a problem and I conversely what I don't like about the other model because I like the spontaneity of it in a way and the let's see how it does but what I don't like is the you have something that works you have a complete picture you have something this we are good. Well, made a lot of money, so have to, and then you be, it becomes yep. a product. What started? Well, I would argue from movie. from a fan's perspective. Then at that point, you can kind of pick and choose what you like. You can you can leave the first one. Mm. It's not like sure, sure. Oh, like uh, I'll I'll, I'll we, I won't talk about Dark Fate. We just saw that. I'll talk about Genesis. Genesis <laughs> ends, and it's like okay, we're promised like sequels, and then it doesn't happen, and then you don't feel like you have a complete movie yeah. with Genesis because that you need true, more yeah. to help complete that. As opposed to Pitch per- Perfect, if it's got two sequels that are bad, that's fine. Pitch Perfect works on that's, its own. I can just that's watch a good that. Point. And that's uh, a, Jaws is another yes. great example. And that, I was going to say, that's a much more standard model, <laughs> is is just like, you have the good thing, you make good things until they stop being good, and then you just sure. think about the, the first good thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I hadn't mm-hmm. thought about that. Also, that's a good point. Pirates of the Caribbean did both. <laughs> because they did, they did the first one. They, they did the first one, decided this was good, and decided to make two. Made two and then continued to yeah, make. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. correct. Yeah, the franchise is. Yeah, and, and, and I think what, which I think is, is again <laughs> what you. The ultimate point here is they can all work. It just depends yes. on because you have like a Lord of the Rings situation where you have, and I'm speaking purely of the original trilogy that works and is consistent because they just knew what they were yep. doing and they just did it. But right. then when and you've got like the Star Wars original trilogy which they didn't plan to make mm-hmm. two sequels and those worked out. But then Although you got, George would argue that he had it all planned ahead of time, and George no says a lot of things. Yeah, no one's quite sure. <laughs> the, but the, but then and then you've also got movies. So you got like the Jaws and the RoboCops, where they made an amazing movie. And then I would just, argue Rocky is a good example of of kind of my preferred yes. model. Sure. Yes. And th- and that's the thing is like you you have good and bad examples of both of planned yeah. franchises that where there is hubris and they don't work out, and so then you can't even enjoy that first movie, like you said, because you're like. You didn't even tell, give me a complete movie yeah. right? because you were so confident you'd get to do more later. And then you've got movies that are a complete story and they have dumb sequels, but you can just focus on the first one. Like Twilight. Like Twilight. So it, it, it's, <laughs> you have examples of all of – because it's, it's life, it's chaos. You have examples of all of it. But I, I – Like Twilight. I, I – you know, we grew up with very different movie landscapes. Mm-hmm. Correct. Um, because like when y'all y'all were ten, I think when the first Iron Man came out. So for y'all growing up in movies is the world of you should universe. Yeah, franchise. a little older than that. Well, you know what I'm saying though. Uh, Forty five. Yeah. When I when I grew up with movies, it was a there were still sequels, but it was a different landscape. Yeah. It was as Will Smiths as far as the eye could see, and giant sh- puffy shirts. Nobody needed that much fabric for. Um, but the '90s were crazy, guys, and grunge. The '90s were bad, um, and irony. <laughs> But, like, it, it, it's such an odd uh, uh, thing to look at now where so many things are geared towards. Like, freaking Call Me By Your Name is going to have a sequel. Like, I don't – I can't wrap my mind around that. Wait. Is that a, is that a, no, it's a, is that a joke? No, it's a re- – they're making a sequel. I think, I think it's the same director and everything. I don't know if there's a – I don't know if it's from another book. I don't know if the book had a sequel or not. But, yeah. I think I'm – 
I think I'm done with franchises. And I say this as someone who I have not seen Call Me By Your Name. I think we can call it. Like, I don't don't think I even need to see Rise of Skywalker or the next (laughs) James Bond. I think I'm just done. I think... It's a, and I haven't seen the movie, so I, I don't know how I feel about any of it. But like that—that's what I'm saying—is we live in such a strange yes. world where, like, well, and I think there's a—I will say there's a perception that it's like, oh, well, Hollywood has no new new ideas and like yeah. everything is the same. I there's still good movies. The problem is that like the production has gotten so much more feasible sure. that now anybody can just like go to the bin and be like, all right, what's this movie? Dust it off. All right, let's make a sequel. Let's yeah. make a reboot. Yeah. And they can be like, this is probably, we can squeeze some nostalgia out of this. Yeah, Where yeah. it's like, that's not, I don't think that's necessarily, I mean, again, going back to Jaws, Jaws was the first blockbuster and it got, yeah. you know, four or yeah. three, three uh, sequels, sequels yeah. that were varying levels of terrible. <laughs> it's sure. like, it's not really a thing that is new, but it's a thing that there is more of because there is more, <laughs> yeah. like there's more money in the system. It's, it's all, and there are more people that are willing to make your movie. Yes. You can go all these different streaming yes. platforms and everything. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah that's yeah. true. And, and I will also say in, in defense of the pitch perfect trilogy, I like that we have a franchise that isn't an action franchise. It's not, yes. it, it, it is not a franchise that's based like twilight, on, like twilight. <laughs> and I'm not saying this is, I don't have anything against superhero movies and stuff. I, I love that stuff, but like, it's nice when there's a there is a high. Budget. No, I agree. It, it's it's nice to have a change of pace, particularly yeah. if it, if it's supposed to be an, you know, if it ends up being an ongoing story. Mm-hmm. It's nice that it's not just like the same five yeah. different g- basic genre elements yeah. that you're right. expecting. Yeah, and, and I think also like this movie is Pitch Perfect is based on a book, which I haven't read. Um, well, how does the, that the work? Book is, the book is nonfiction. I was looking this up because oh. I, I heard about this and I was very confused and I was like, what? And then I, um, because it, it, kind of talking about what I was saying with the, the reaction of, of pop culture at this time. Yeah. Um, I was like, this this feels like a movie that had a very uh, heavy like female influence. Like, it does mm-hmm. not feel like necessarily a movie that was entirely just made by dudes because I think it would have been much worse. It was yeah. written uh, by a woman, correct? Exactly. Cannon, yeah. And, and who, who writes the sequels, too. Yes. And I was going to say, I think Okay, that's, well, that's something. Yeah, that's, that's where yeah. that feeling came from, I think, comes from, I think, for me. Um, but I did see it was based on a book by, by a guy, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. And I was looking at that. And apparently it is a guy who was like basically like a journalist who is with interesting a acapella group as they were okay. going through so it's like oh i see it, it, he's documenting and the, and there's a fictionalized the movie is a fictionalized yes. version of yes. that's i don't okay, now i want to read the book then that's interesting yeah yeah uh yeah the the first one is directed by a man written by a woman the second two movies are directed by women uh cool. elizabeth banks and trish c I not like twilight <laughs> not like twilight exactly honestly yeah so yeah it's 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 an interesting thing and I, don't, and I don't want to come off as though I hate all sequels and franchises because I definitely don't. It's just, like I said, there's examples of – there's a good and bad way there, – there are good and bad examples of everything. You know? Right. The, the reboot machine – In this case, mostly bad. Well, in the remake and reboot machine, is it sucks unless it doesn't. You know? yeah. And it's good unless it isn't because for every frustrating, oh, they're doing that again, it's like you get Logan or you get right. – there's another Batman movie. Oh, but this time it's the Dark Knight trilogy. You know what I mean? Right. Like – we got another Joker. It's like sometimes that works out really well, and sometimes it doesn't. And history has a way of weeding out the stuff that doesn't really work. I mean, you a lot of people probably don't know there are sequels to Jaws. <laughs> so thank God, <laughs> thank Triton. Indeed. 
Do you guys want to do letter grades and recommendation and wrap this sucker up? Sure. Um, I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll go. Um, I'm giving it a B minus. Hey, wow. Um, like I said, it, it did its job. I found it hysterical. Yeah. I really liked pretty much everybody that was in the movie, mm-hmm. which was nice. Um, it, I find it weird that we're having a, a little bit of a disconnect where, where both of you are, are like saying that some of the jokes went too far. And for the most part, I was completely fine with it. You do um, also, I mean, you tend to rail against PC culture. <laughs> Uh, you're always complaining about like why can't my material work at these college campuses and stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, I mean it is nice to feel it, it, like a movie isn't like being sanitized in terms of the jokes because, yeah, like it, I said, that's kind of what I was expecting coming sure. in. Of just like oh, it's just like a, a stupid tween comedy with with some pretty girl singing. Like I, I didn't have high expectations for this, um, and it ended up being you know solid. Yeah. Um, so yeah, my only real problem is that the the story felt. Fairly paint by numbers, but it's very well executed. Yeah, as you said, I agree. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's well trodden familiar ground. Yeah, or, yeah. And I feel like in terms of sequels, and obviously you, you guys would know better than me. I feel like this this could potentially be a case where you have like this this solid base that you've built, and you could do something more with it sure. in sequels. Sure. And I think they kind of do. I mean, having not seen the third one, having seen the second one once, I might change my tune. I looked at the Rotten Tomatoes scores, and it doesn't look like that's the case, but, you know. Well, you know. That's just the way the cookie crumbles. I'm pretty crumbles. sure they blow up a boat in the third one. I that is, that is the, the one thing I remember from seeing, like, the trailers yes. for that movie, and it's funny that Britain's like, it's nice that we're not doing an action franchise, and that's the one thing <laughs> that sticks in my True. brain. I want to say that trailer. Anna Kendrick and Rebel Wilson jumping off, like, a yacht as it's exploding yep. in slow motion. I want to say the trailer is, is supposed to make fun of, like, an action movie if i remember like like it's right weird because it's pitch it. perfect three <laughs> yeah well i think i think well, that's, that's the idea the is that it's like it's supposed to be fun but i i don't know we'll see yeah we'll get there if nothing else we'll have a dependable cast of of, of characters mm-hmm. and fun performances. i do I, I i really hope rebel wilson at some point goes i'm getting too old for this crap <laughs> <laughs> that would make me happy mm-hmm. tyler what you doing for your grade I'm gonna go uh, B sharp. Ooh, it's a that'd be a B plus. Uh, okay, for those of you at home. I, I'm sorry. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I'm I'm an I'm an uneducated swine when it comes to music, so I've I've no I idea mean. what what, what uh, we're talking about. I got a I got a full uh, ooh uh, six years uh, of trombone uh, in, my, <laughs> in my system. So uh, I got know, some I rock really band drums in the other room. <laughs> yeah, I can jam <laughs> on those. <laughs> Well, you're a steel drum, uh, uh, you know, virtuoso. I was yes, a mafioso. Now, if memory serves, uh, is Rock Band uh, drum set still uh, still broken uh, partially? Is that? I think I got some glue and I was okay. able to fix it. Good, good. I'll get the trombone. We'll uh, we're out of the band. You know, jam, sometimes yeah, sometimes you just get like really frustrated when you're playing rock band because you're trying to play it on hard and you're like, ah, I can't get the the step pedal to mm-hmm. work and you're mm-hmm. just hitting it too hard and then it breaks in half and you have to glue it back together. Oh my god! It didn't actually break in half. It wasn't that extreme. Oh, did the same thing wow. to my trombone. You know, it's <laughs> <laughs> Alex is like, this is the business of misery. <laughs> There is a Paramore song on Rock Band. I can't remember which one it is. It might... I don't remember. It's probably one the, the one where they play the guitar. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. 
I think Haley it's one William, of those. Haley Williams just goes to town on a microphone. Um, I I'm, think it's that's what you get. I'll leave it at that. Oh, that's what you get when you let your heart win. Oh. That is hilarious. Uh, <laughs> Alex's whole body just perked up like a kindred spirit. <laughs> a kindred spirit? We really – this, this is turning into just – Why don't I have a t-shirt that says Hendrick Spirit? <laughs> probably because – It's probably because I'm a sane human being who doesn't want to terrify her if I ever meet her. Probably it's, also – The front the front says a Kendrick Spirit and then the back says a hashtag Kendrick for Squirrel Girl. Yeah. Guys, she's a good actress. I'm going to say A- minus <laughs> for me. Okay. Yeah, this movie okay. just totally works on me. I, I totally note all its problems, but like while I'm in it, while I'm watching it, yeah, it, yeah. it, it just it works Pretty. on me. It, it does music well, which is something I value. Uh, I, I love listening to it. A lot of great, a lot of great singing, mm-hmm. and yeah, I just think it's a really cool time. For me, I, th- I think it's there's really not like any major problems, and I'm like, oh, you know, that makes me not want to. It, it it's really just like yeah, it's it's such a fun it's very watchable yes it's it's, i i would not mind watching this again it's it's a movie that i feel like i mean i own it but like if i were scrolling around the channels and it was on tv i'd be like yeah sure i'll watch pitch perfect for me it is a b plus uh for many of the same reasons that i gave uh, ant-man a b plus Mm. (laughs) it's very similar vibes of like i that's fair really enjoy this i forget how much i enjoy it until i watch it again yeah and And really short people yeah (laughs) sure sure it's not uh (laughs) It's not like particularly ambitious necessarily, but it's it's a real good time. Yeah, and it's just well done, well executed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, so we're back with my recommendation segment, which I haven't done in a bit. Um, this is a quick one. It's if... Bone Tomahawk, right? Oh, uh, um... <laughs> <laughs> oh, just just I, I just thought about say... what if it was the Pitch Perfect gals in Bone Tomahawk, <laughs> dude. Just. Just as a follow-up to our last episode, I did end up watching Bone Tomahawk. Mm-hmm. I, I feel bad that I wasn't able to, to get it in before we actually did the episode. Um, oh, it's okay, Alex. I think you'll have your chance before long. I'll, I'll just leave it at, yeah, it's very good. Good job, Britain. Thanks for the recommendation. <laughs> Three best friends watch movies. Um, so... No, this uh, my, my recommendation this uh, week is another female centric sort of teen comedy. It's called Booksmart. Came yeah. out earlier this year, directed by Olivia Wilde, written by like four different people, which is normally a bad sign. Not this time. Uh, basically, it's the story of these two young women who are high school seniors about to graduate. They've been very studious their whole high school career, not party to get into great schools. They learned that all the party kids are also getting into great schools, or else they could have had it both ways and try to have like you know it's that. It's our one last night. We're going to go crazy on a, before college and stuff. And it's, you know, it's a teen movie. They go to all these different locations and crazy parties. Speaking of familiar ground, it's just really, really well done. It's very funny. Um, it's very frenetic in, a, in, a, in an effective way. Uh, it does not feel like a first feature from Olivia Wilde. It feels it's so confident, confident and competently directed. Um, it does a great job of having a lot of archetypal characters but no one's done stereotypically or even archetypically like everybody has dimension and depth in this movie which is really impressive billy lord is very funny in it um jason sudeikis jessica williams and then our our lead characters are beanie feldstein who's wonderful in lady bird and is great in this and then caitlin deaver who is i've she is probably has become one of my favorite actresses 
Uh, I first saw her on Justified, the TV show, and then I would see her. She's been in a bunch of movies. She's on an episode of Modern Family. She was in. She's on that new Netflix show, Unbelievable, which I haven't watched yet. Um, I mean, you, you've probably seen her in something, and she is fantastic in this movie. She's so funny. Uh, but then there's there's a scene later that's done, and Iga was was moved to tears simply from her, just her alone. She has so she is so just a deep well. She's like maybe 22 or 23. I mean, she's this, this woman is just dynamite. She's such a great performer. She's so so good in this movie. Um, I, I I don't know what kind of shots it has in the Oscar season, but uh, lots of votes for me. I think it's just a a really fun, my, my my mom watched it and she said. Because she's a big Caitlyn Deaver fan too, and she was like, "This is, movie isn't really for me, but I get, I get it." And I'm not a teen party movie watcher generally, but even for someone who is totally out of his element, it, I could see why it worked so well, and I appreciated a lot about it. It's just really super well done, um, and it's nice to see a teen movie with gay characters, and those gay characters weren't—that wasn't their entire personality, and they weren't reduced just to that. And there was there was just like a thing about them, which is a nice thing to see. Uh, this is a great movie. It's a lot of fun. Booksmart hmm. on DVD. I had the uh, the opportunity to watch that on the plane uh, back from Mars. Yes. Um, <laughs> <and> the no, I I really wanted to. the The problem was that uh, uh, the uh, for one, you you know, you're on the plane, you're watching it like the small screen, the, yeah. Well, small screen, but also like you're watching it like, and everyone else can see what you're watching. Oh, and sure. so it's like. <laughs> I'm I was I'm always very like oh, I want to be a cool. About, I don't want to watch a girl movie. No, not even. I'm just like I'm very concerned about like I don't know what's in this movie, right? And I don't want to be. That's I, a good point. I, start, I watched three episodes of Chernobyl. <laughs> oh, I want to see that. Though. Oh, excellent choice and, for for public consumption. Yes, and uh, <laughs> towards the end of the third one, there are many radiation burns that uh, increasingly sure. worsen. And I did not go on to the fourth one because I was like, I should probably not <laughs> do this to these poor people around me. Well, apparently, and, Booksmart um, they censored some of the same-sex love scenes. Exactly, and that's and it. Not that I'm like, oh, I gotta see the, the no, love scenes, yeah. but like, it, it is a thing where I I, I want to make sure I you see the whole see experience. the entire movie. And, yeah. and there were several movies that I tried, I started to watch, and I was like, mm, I, I want to hold off on that because I, I do want to see the actual movie. Yeah, and, and apparently, I think they have restored it to its original because Olivia Wilde talked about, like, it's really important that we don't... Because it's not graphic. Yeah. It's just in the movie. Mm-hmm. And she's like, we can't, like, we need to normalize this. Like, it's not a super crazy nudity. I don't even think there's any nudity in the movie. Right. But it's not like you're watching Possession or something. Like, sure. it's a totally... Or Twilight. Or Twilight. <laughs> Yeah, the, the, the incredibly graphic uh, orgy scenes in Twilight. It was like watching a Caligula. Or so that's what that was. <laughs> Alex, I'm looking over at Tyler like, what What are they doing? Why are they all telling so many secrets? I why don't get Jacob, this. Why can't Jacob ever keep a shirt on for more than 30 seconds? Tyler, I feel funny. <laughs> I think I said that specifically during. Tyler just getting further and further away. I said that towards the end of New Moon, and then I started floating away into dust. That's true. Okay. (laughs) Well, you know what? That's basically what puberty is. You feel funny. Mr. Tyler, I don't feel so good. Thanos is a metaphor. Um, (laughs) We almost got through the entire episode without mentioning uh, Kimmy Jin. Oh, she's quite funny in this. Delightful. Um, Yes. She gets. Just a handful of lines. Uh, the, is she... Who, who is she in the movie? Yes. 
Becca's roommate, who who always oh, hates yeah. her for no reason. Yes. Or, or she's well, well, but it's it, it is a nice little thing because first of all, she has a couple of wonderful lines of like yeah. uh, where she's like, "I Kimmy Kimmy Jin is my friend," and then Kimmy Jin's like, "No, that, <laughs> no. that's all." Yeah, no. <laughs> no. Um, well, I, I really love the moment where she shows up with her friends, yes. yeah, and she's immediately like, "Oh, the white girl is here." <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> And then the, her, all her uh, her acapella friends are, are hanging out in the room, and then yeah. Kimmy Chin's like, "They've been here for hours. It's very inconvenient." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, that was, funny. That uh, was funny. But then, like, there's a, there's a point later. I forget what it is. Um, there's some moment where they they have like a moment of after they do sort of the time jump after Anna Kendrick's left the yeah, acapella the group and, thing, yeah. and and quote unquote broken up with uh, Jesse and everything, and she's yeah. like trying to readjust. Um, there's a moment where they do something and I can't, it's just like during like almost a montage. Um, and I cannot remember what the actual moment is. And neither of you remember it either. Apparently. Is it Kimmy Jen? Yes. With her. Oh, I think she said like happy spring break or have a nice spring yes, break yes. or something. Yeah. That's just only this little moment. It's just a moment. Where it's like, Oh, she, you know, they're kind of, yeah. Finally... They, they were pleasant to each other. Yes. Yeah. 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 Now I'm thinking about it. Is it weird that they have the scene where, where they're, they're, you know, they get into the fight with the, with the different acapella groups and then they break the glass mm-hmm. and Anna Kendrick gets arrested. Yeah. And then uh, Rebel Wilson just kind of runs away. And she's vertical, she's vertical running. I'm vertical <laughs> running. But but there's – that was great. Yeah. Um, there's never like a reconciliation scene or a scene where Anna Kendrick's like, you guys just left me there to get arrested? She just kind of comes back, and they're like, well, we're here for you. We're her, just hanging out in your room. We're her, glad you're okay. Her problem with getting arrested is it doesn't seem to be so much getting arrested as it is the fact that her dad shows up because right. Jesse called her dad, and so then she's like, yeah. what was that? I, I, yeah, I, so. I, I feel like there's multiple reasons for her to be frustrated sure. in that scene. Sure, sure. <laughs> I don't know. What, what is the, who did you call when you got arrested? Um, everyone I could possibly call. Well, Alex, tried, only get I just started randomly call. dialing numbers. He like tried, I, I didn't even, I didn't even go down my contacts list. I was just pressing at, buttons. Yeah, oh, Alex. He he tried. He tried. To Somebody call, would uh, answer me eventually. He tried to call Matt Damon. Uh, <laughs> and However, I uh, I looked at the phone and I hung hung up on him. And then you took a selfie with it. You're like <laughs> I took a selfie. Mm, voice. <laughs> hey guys, here on Matt Damon's phone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna call Ben Affleck. <laughs> I really love these apples. All right, uh, gracious. Well, guys, uh, you know what, guys? I think that both of you and our listeners all have fat hearts, and that's really mm-hmm. what matters. So, thank you guys for listening to our fun episode. We'll be back next week with Pitch Perfect Two. Charlie, you want to give them all those deets? Yeah, you can find us online at herecomethesequels.blogspot.com. You can also find us on Twitter at HCTSequels. You can also email us at herecomethesequels at gmail.com. And uh, you can find us on iTunes if you just do a little uh, little search. I believe it's called Apple Music now. Uh, Apple Podcasts. Oh, true, I think true, iTunes is gone. True. But Apple, Apple whatever. Mm-hmm. I do believe you can you can literally go on like iTunes on, on your computer and, and type us in as well. Okay. Hey, however you find us, we'll be here. Mm-hmm. Because that's how the cool kids do it. Hey. Alex, you want to take the final part of the sign-off? I don't remember what the oh final part God. of the sign-off is. <laughs> I never do it! <laughs> this is our hands-in-ah moment. Well, I'll do it then. <sighs> Everybody's got their parts. Britain, I'm about the structure. Everybody has their parts. It's organized. <laughs> it we don't deviate. Like... Well, Tyler, do you want to do it? Because you've been gone for a while. I can, uh, sure. Okay, we know it, guys. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our episode. 
Brittany Snow is in this movie, and we'll talk about her character next episode because we totally forgot about Chloe, which is oh yeah, which is actually a point I have to make in the second movie. There is I the, would have cast one, her as Mary Jane in the Andrew Garfield less, Spider-Man movies if I had the chance. Sure. One last bit I want to, to throw out there, um, just a little thing that I appreciate is that uh, because speaking of characters we forgot to talk about, there's a bit in the movie where they specifically have two characters say. Uh, we've been here the whole time and haven't done like anything. And yes, it's, it's that was that was hysterical. Uh, Wonderful uh, preview to my favorite joke in Pitch Perfect Two. Okay, yeah, teaser okay. teaser on that. Yeah, one of those is Kelly Jackal or Jackley, who is the actual okay. like gotcha. acapella champ. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good stuff. Well, guys, until next week, I've been Britton. I've been Alex. I've been Tyler, and you're having a good night, unless you're Matt Damon. <laughs> <laughs>